Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah K Podcast. Welcome back. So, we're back after week two of the NFL season, and um, we got a, I got a lot to cover today. I think I want to, I think I want to may incorporate some college football. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if I want to incorporate college football or dedicate like a whole separate episode for college. I don't know. Um, because we, I do want to talk about some more college football. I think, uh, the college, the college bowl season has been pretty good as well. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do a separate, I feel like I'm going to do a separate episode. I feel like we should do a separate episode for college football. So people, if you want to listen to college football, you can just listen to it on a separate episode. It doesn't have to all be in one. Um, but, Yes, another exciting week, and we have a lot to get into. I think this week I'm going to be talking more about the quarterback play and some things that look questionable and so forth. I, I, I yeah, it's a lot. I, I, I really, have, it's, it's, it's really sketchy, but I'm gonna get into it. Um, but without further ado, you guys know who this is. This is your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kit of the Isaiah Kit Podcast. Shouts out to everyone that may be listening. Shouts out to all the first-time listeners. If you are a first-time listener, welcome, welcome. Um, welcome to the NFL season. You guys are going to uh, explore this uh, audio adventure uh, of throughout the NFL season. So welcome to that if you're a first-time listener. Uh, all my regular listeners, uh, shouts out to you guys. Regulars, shouts out to you guys. Um, from anywhere that you may be listening from, uh, you could have chose any other uh, podcast to listen to. You could have been doing anything else. You could have been reading a book. You could have been doing anything else, watching a favorite TV show, but you chose to listen to my nonsense for um, a few minutes. So thank you. Um, now, for for my and did obviously for my regular listeners, you guys know at the end of the episode. We will do my top 10 teams um, after week two. That's what we do. We do that on a weekly basis um, after uh, each week of the NFL season. So I feel like I want to start first. Let me start with something. Because I, I, I and I want to talk about this on college football as well. But and I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm coming to the realization because I'm actually living by myself. But. And like I don't like I don't have no cable, but I think it's really really interesting and funny how like sports and this whole streaming thing. I, I like I talked about it earlier. Um, through, I, I talked about it like throughout the summer uh, when you know Amazon Prime uh, and Thursday Night Football it got renewed or whatever, and you know Thursday Night Football comes on Amazon Prime and so forth. And you'll be surprised. I, from just for myself, my own person, I tell you guys my own personal experience. The amount of like different ways to stream and watch these football games is, I don't know if, I don't know if it's say like, I don't, I can't, I don't know how to really describe it. Is it crazy? Is it incredible? I don't know. But it's kind of crazy because over the last two weeks, I have found myself not only spending money, but downloading, spending money, 
on all different type of streaming platforms. I already so I the NFL Sunday ticket, uh, YouTube TV, right? I thankfully student discount came in uh, clutch. I have that college football. I have like live streaming for Peacock, so I, I obviously I was I've been paying for Peacock. Um, that's a um that's an NBC affiliate, so all of the Sunday night games come on there. And I get all of the Notre Dame football games. And then there's some more college football games that come on there. So I, I have that. Then, like, I like I randomly sometimes, hey, I, I go on YouTube. They're streaming college football games. <laughs> like, I'm like the amount of the amount of streaming platforms. And, and that's the whole thing. I was I was listening to um, David Shaw talk about the possible complications of the Pac-12 realignment. And, you know, some Pac-12 teams are staying in the Pac-12. Some of them are leaving, going to the Big Ten. Some of them are leaving, going to the Big 12. And he was just talking about how, you know, some of these TV deals and the cable deal, like he was like cable and satellite, not probably not going to be around. And he was just basically questioning the the whole um, the longevity of the Pac-12 and its realignment. And he brought in, he talked about streaming. And I that made me thought that that like flashed off in my head. I'm like, huh. I and I think I thought about the, the things that I have done over the past two weeks. And you'd be surprised. I have I I I, I don't know. I've gotten accustomed to it. And I kind of told you guys this earlier in the summer, but I was like, hey, it's gonna come to a point where I don't know. It won't probably happen in next year or five years from now, but hey, eight, ten years down the road, all of these games, you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to be subscribed to some type of subscription with these streaming platforms because that's where like that's where things are headed. I literally told you guys that. I, I told you I was like, hey, you're gonna have to have like a YouTube subscription, YouTube TV, you're gonna have to have Amazon, like you're gonna have to be somewhat subscribe to at least two streaming services um to catch these games so i think that's interesting and i've been kind of playing with that and you know doing all of that over the past two weeks right but as i talk about that uh watching these games this past sunday i had my eye out for certain quarterbacks because i wanted to see i want i want to see how things go and how it happened you know i just wanted to see it and first and foremost and the first guy i want to talk about or really i want to talk about the bears and justin fields but justin fields and i i had four speaking of these subscriptions right i had i have the nfl sunday ticket and i had four games on and i was watching at the same time i had the I was watching chiefs i was watching the bears i was watching um the chargers game and I was watching the Bills game. I had all four of those games on at the same time. And literally every time that the Bears offense took the field, and I, I wanted to see Justin Fields. I wanted to see how, you know, how he's going to bounce back from week one. And, you know, it just wasn't – it just was not a good performance. But past that, because I don't think – at this point, I don't think no one – or I don't think anyone should really – I don't think anyone should argue with you about Justin Fields and is he capable or not at this moment 
playing at this level. I like no, I don't like. Come on, he's just not looking good. Uh, and I, and I always talk about it. You don't even have to be the most naturally gifted guy, but Justin Fields is very naturally gifted, and a, like physically, he's a really good athlete. But playing the quarterback position in the NFL, there has like there's just certain instincts and instinctual things that you have to do, and that you have to be able to like that 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 every I think every starting quarterback should do, or at least every good starting quarterback should have. And Justin Fields just don't have it. His processing is really slow. He's a really, really slow processor um, in terms of his reads. Um, there was a couple times where J- DJ Moore, star receiver, who the Bears went out and got, he was. There was a couple times where he was wide open. And he's like, he's like calling for the ball, and and then Justin Fields just doesn't even look his way. Um, so no one should argue with you about Justin Fields, right? At this at this moment. But the Bears, I found this stat. They haven't won a game since October 24th. We are, I'm recording this, and it is September the 20th. They haven't won a game since October 24th. Let that sink in. So from November of last year to December from last year, and if you want to count January, right? But then also going into, we're in September, we're we're hell, we're way into September. We're approaching October. They still haven't won a game. They're on a 12 game losing streak. And I think some of us tend to forget that they actually were the worst team in football last year. They had the number one pick. They traded the number one pick so fast. It like I think people forget, like, you know, Carolina had the pick for so long. I think people forget that the Bears, it was the Bears pick, actually. But I, I just look at this, and it I think it's a shame. I, I think it's an absolute shame. And best case scenario, hey, they end the year off. They're not good. The Panthers, I don't think it's going to be pretty good. They shouldn't win no more than five or six games. Um, They get two picks within the top five, and that's a win. But that's not – that wasn't their desired outcome or result that they wanted. They, like, the Bears actually wanted to compete this year. People were saying the Bears can win eight games and nine games. And I was like, uh, okay. Okay. You know, people calling Justin Fields a possible MVP candidate. Bullshit. That, like, like all of this stuff I was not buying. But, hey, like, that, that, was, that was the expectation of, of a lot of people. And for them to continuously lose in the way that they have been losing, in the fashion that they've been losing, it's just not good. And if you're a Bears fan, you have to question, like, do you want Ryan Poles pulling the trigger with your top five, with your two top five picks potentially next year? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought the whole Chase Claypool thing, I thought that was really telling. Um, with when you know they didn't cut him, there was no, there was really no real punishment. Um, that kind of tells you everything you need to know about this operation, and it's it's kind of crazy because you think about Chicago, never been, but you think about it like pretty big market. The the people in Chicago, I know they care about their sports, 
and their 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 active fan base. Why in the hell the Bears can't put it together? But you know, you you got to start with the top. Ownership's pretty cheap. Ownership also doesn't hire well. Uh, like like it's just it is a pretty much since I've been existing, living for my twenty one years. They've been they haven't been bad. They haven't been good. The Bears have not been good. Um, and now it's one thing to lose to like Aaron Rodgers and so forth, right? It's one thing to continuously like continuously lose Aaron Rodgers, but now they're getting carved up by Baker Mayfield. That's just not good enough. Like that's just not good enough at all, right? That's just not good enough. So, I if I'm a Bears fan, you gotta like great. That's great that you guys are gonna probably end up with two top five picks, but then you gotta ask yourself. Do you want Ryan Poles making those decisions with two top five? You don't want him to screw that up. You don't want him to screw that up. Matt Eberflus, is he a good coach? Who in the hell knows? I don't know, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but you you just have to, like, you, you. I guess you got to hope that Justin Fields' play gets better. I don't know what the chances of that is. I Like, the odds of that happening, I don't know. Uh, but Bears look pretty bad. They look bad. And and fields, the the I think the instinctual things, the processing is just it's just not great at all. Um, but let's move forward. Uh, I want to talk about. I want to move on to what I saw on Monday Night Football from Deshaun Watson. And before I even get to Deshaun Watson, quick little brief thing, right? For all the people that was like, "Oh, you gotta pay running backs. Running backs gotta get paid." And I and first and foremost. I feel bad, and it was kind of sad um, to see this happen. But Nick Chubb, his injury was really gruesome. But Nick Chubb is one of the premier players in football. Like, he is one of the premier players in football and very dominant. Very dominant, right? And it's sad to see him leave and get hurt like that. And he's going to be out for the season, obviously. But Jerome Ford, who you guys and and looked like Chubb was off, he's going to look like it looked like he's going to rush about 150 yards versus the Steelers' defense, right? But Jerome Ford is the backup, and I, I'm I'm probably sure that you guys don't know who that is. But Jerome Ford is the Browns' backup running back. And he played for Cincinnati when they went to the college football playoff. He's on the same team as Sauce Gardner. And literally, Jerome Ford came in and rushed for over 100 yards versus the stout Steelers defense. Like, he like like he had himself a night. And that kind of goes to show you, like, not to say that Nick Chubb isn't valuable or he's not a good player, but – Running backs come in a dime and a dozen. And this is why they're not valued as high as they think they should be. This is why. Because as great as Nick Chubb is, as great as he is, and at times he keeps the Cleveland offense afloat, but he gets hurt and Jerome Ford doesn't miss a beat. Fifth rounder doesn't miss a beat. Doesn't miss a beat. And damn near won, almost won the Browns the game by himself, right? Um, 
Najee Harris, first rounder. He was picked 24. He's not a good player. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry because I liked him coming out. Of, but he's just not a good player. Not a good player. His backup, the kid Warren, his backup is much more explosive, much more like just a better flat-out player at this moment. This is why running, they're easily replaceable, and they get hurt. This They play a position that gets hurt a lot. They get hit brutally. This is why you don't play running backs. This is why teams don't want to get in bid with long-term deals when it comes to running backs. Hey, Austin Eckler, out already, hurt already. Saquon Berkeley, hurt already. It's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's kind of telling. But back to Deshaun Watson, and, and I, I just say it, at this moment, he is just not good. He's just not very good. He looks really, really bad. And he looks bad. He looks bad. It's gotten bad to the point where some people are even questioning or even, like they're wondering how good was he in the first place, right? <laughs> like people are really asking that question. How good was he in the first place? I mean, his accuracy is very hit or miss. Uh, he just doesn't have the same escapability. He's not remotely close to what he was in Houston. Like, he's not remotely close to that. And this is why I was hesitant about picking the Browns um, to do, you know, to like, I didn't pick them to be a playoff team, and this is why. Like, this is why I picked them to finish last in a really competitive division because I was not sure if Deshaun Watson was going to get back to that level. I actually, I told you guys this, I talked about this on my predictions episode, but I was like, hey, I think, I think it's more likely that Kenny Pickett is an average quarterback and he worked and he's like a top 16 quarterback before Deshaun Watson is a top 10 quarterback. That, that was my, that was my words. I I struggled, and I don't know. I I I I would imagine that it has to be a lot, right? It has to be a lot weighing on Deshaun Watson. The money makes it easy, right? But the public embarrassment that that just came over him—you got to think about it. Before all of the whole massage masseuse thing went on, the whole masseuse scandal. He was looked as a he was looked at like as a high character guy, like he was like it was like boy wonder. He was a choir boy before all of the masseuse thing happened, and then the the massage thing got weird, and you know he he sat out for a year in Houston, then he gets traded to Cleveland, gets suspended, misses more than half of the year, like it, it was weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was like, hey, you know, I, I didn't do anything. And it's like, but it was consensual. And it's like, oh, so something was going on. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. And I don't, and like I said, I like I said, I, I, I'm not a psychologist. I don't, I can't get into the psyche of that. I would imagine the public embarrassment has to be weighing a lot. And I think those two face mask penalties, it was out of frustration. It was out of frustration. Um, and it's been years. If we, if you really want to do a timeline, it's been years 
since Deshaun Watson has been a part of a winning team. It's been years since he's been a winning player. It's been years. 2019 was the year he had. Let's let's walk it down. So 2023. 2022, he missed. He got suspended for 11 games. He comes back. He plays in six games. Didn't look really good. 2021 doesn't play. He sits out because he wants out of Houston. In 2020, that's the year the Texans, they go 4-12, and 12, but he puts up pretty good numbers. He, put, he puts up really good numbers. 2019 is the year where the Texans, they get to the uh, divisional, they actually get to the playoffs, um, and they play Kansas City, and they lose to Kansas City. Deshaun Watson puts up pretty good numbers, but they were pretty good. They were a pretty good team, and Deshaun Watson put up pretty good numbers. So we're talking about 2019. Since Deshaun Watson was a part of a winning team and he put up winning and he put up good numbers. In 2020, he put up good numbers. They were just ass. But like I at this point, he is a bottom five quarterback. And now I don't know if it's I don't see the upside in this. What is the upside? Because now his best weapon is now that he had is done for the season and Nick Chubb. And I, I think for me, for me, it's like with between Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, I feel like they are in a weekly battle to determine who can have the worst sign and trade in sports history. Like I, I feel like that's they're in a weekly battle between who can have the worst sign and trade in league history. And I and with the Browns, I think it may be worse for the Browns because Deshaun Watson's contract is fully guaranteed. And you want to know something? The Browns have paid him $92 million. If we're if we're including this year, they have paid him $92 million, which is which is crazy, right? $92 million. Guess what? They still owe him another 138. But the kicker to that is. The 138 is fully guaranteed. They owe him all 138 million of that dollar of, the, of that money. So I don't think he's going to be ever a top 10 quarterback again. I'm not even sure if he can be an average quarterback again. Because at this moment, like I said, he is a he's a bottom 5 quarterback in the league. His best weapon on offense is now out for the season. This is the Browns quarterback. So what's going to happen is at some point, maybe I don't know if it's going to be this year, but Kevin Stefanski, his job, he'll be fired because the play will be not up to par. Deshaun Watson's play would not be up to par, and the, the Browns won't win as many games as they should. So Kevin Stefanski, his job will be on the line and he'll probably eventually be fired. And that'll be that that'll be how that cookie crumbles. That'll be how that cookie crumbles. But it it I think for me like it is a complete downfall. And you don't ever see this doesn't happen in sports, right? Where a player was good 
then they get really bad, and then he just comes back normal. He's really good. Like you use, you don't, you don't see that. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in sports like that. <laughs> like th- it just doesn't happen. And with Deshaun, he's only twenty eight. That's the, I think that's the astonishing thing. At least with Russell Wilson, he's thirty four, and you know Russ has had you know some years, some you know it's you know he's in his mid thirties. Deshaun Watson's twenty eight. He's supposed to be at the peak of his powers. Dude just don't got it no more. He just don't got it. He's not very good. And this is a this is a bad situation for the Browns. I, like I said, I, I think this is going to probably go down as one of the worst, if not the worst, trade in maybe sports history. Because to, like, the Browns, they would have, honestly, as much as I got on Baker Mayfield, they would have been better off signing Baker Mayfield to that, like, you know, another year and keeping their picks or whatever. Because they gave up three first three first rounders, so a 12th pick, a 13th pick, and then this, this upcoming first year, this upcoming first rounder, then they gave up a third rounder, on top of another upcoming fourth rounder this upcoming year. I it, it, oh my gosh. I, I they got fleeced. <laughs> I mean the Browns got fleeced and I don't know if Deshaun Watson's ever going to be back from that. I don't know. I cuz like I said, it just doesn't happen like that in sports. You don't you don't go from being a really good player to then okay, taking a hiatus the public embarrassment happens and then you you're bad. Then you come back to earth and you're really good. Like, no, that doesn't happen. Like the drop off is the drop off that. So I kind of feel bad, but him missing time was all due to hit like his fault. It was his fault. It was his fault that he missed time. 2021. He set out 2022. It was ine- it was inevitable that he was going to be suspended, right? That's why the Browns only paid him literally a million dollars last year because they didn't want it to count against the cap because they knew it was inevitable he was going to get suspended. So all of the time that he missed was his fault. And now he he just can't get it back together. Like athletically, he's just not the same. He just can't get it back. And, and like I said, that's just how it goes. And, you know, um, yeah, he's going to probably cost Kevin Stefanski his job. Um, and the Browns are as good as that defense looks. Um, they have some nice weapons. I mean, they got they have great. They got good front seven. They got two good DBs. I mean, the offensive weapons are not bad. They got a nice offensive line. Mark Cooper's really good. Like, got some nice pieces. They got some really nice pieces. And they have some players that are studs. Like, Miles Garrett is, if he continues on the trajectory, that Miles Garrett's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Nick Chubb, like I said, before the injury, looked like he was going to run for 150 yards on the Steelers' defense. And, and hey, and also, before I move on to Russell Wilson, I just admit it. 
it looks like I'm gonna probably be wrong on the Steelers. Um, on that 12 win still not. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're a 12 win team. Uh, Kenny Pickett uh, and that the whole offensively, the Steelers just don't have it. Literally, their defense generated more points than the offense. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith probably single handedly won them that game. So I, I I don't I don't know. I think the Steelers, they're just like offensively, something's not clicking. Matt Canada, he's just not he's just st- still very elementary and really basic. And he like he's just really basic, right? But so I'm wrong. I'm gonna probably end up being wrong on that because the Steelers, they don't look like they're gonna be a 12 win team. They they don't offensively, they just don't have enough. Um and pick it, Kenny Pickett, he gotta start picking it up before um yeah, it's time to move on. But Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And I similar to similar to Cleveland, right? I had my doubts. You can go back and listen to my predictions episode. I had my doubts about the Broncos. Um, I thought they were gonna finish in third place. And The Broncos had an 18-point lead versus the Commanders on Sunday. And Sean Payton, well, I should say not Sean Payton. Russell Wilson got thoroughly outplayed at home versus Sam Howe, who was making his third career NFL start. His third career NFL start. And he got thoroughly outplayed. Like, and it started off pretty good for the for the Broncos. It started off really well, just like it did in week one. But quarterbacks get paid in this league, not for the first half. Quarterbacks get paid the big bucks in this league for the production in the second half when the game is in the balance. And if you take out that 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 BS Hail Mary. That you, if you take that out, like Russell Wilson, the second half was ass. Like he, like it, it's just no way to put it. He was bad, and I feel like this, this, this relationship with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, it, it just seems forced. I kind of talked about it, but I think personality wise, they just don't mesh. I said that. I said that before the season started. Personality-wise, I just don't think they mesh. Sean Payton's an old-school type of guy. Um, and, and with Russell Wilson, he's all happy, smiley. He's more um, like it's, it's it's like he's running for office. Uh, <laughs> that, that That's Russell Wilson for you. And they just don't mesh. But even with them not meshing, sometimes personalities don't always have to mesh for things to work out, right? But if Russell Wilson was a good player and if he was a winning player and if they won games, the personality thing wouldn't matter because the bottom line is Russell Wilson is a good player and the Broncos are winning games. The whole personality, it wouldn't matter. But he's not good, and since he doesn't win, they don't mesh. And since he's been a Bronco, he's 4-13. and They're 4-13. and with Russell Wilson as their starting quarterback. So, and and like I said, Sean Payton is really, really intense. 
So, it, but it's complicated. It's like I said, it's very similar to Cleveland. Like no one is trading for this for this contract, this Russell Wilson contract. No one is going to pay this version of Russell Wilson forty plus million dollars a year. No one is doing it. Even if, even if a team trade wanted to trade, hey, I give you Russell Wilson. And a team was going to give the Broncos in exchange a bag of nachos, a Sprite, um, some cliques, and uh, a pair of shoulder pads and a helmet. The other team would still they would they would they would not take that. And I never want to say never because in the NBA there has been some contracts where it was like, man, that contract that they would never trade for that contract, or they're never going to trade be able to trade. And it happens like it like it usually happens in the NBA where, you know, there's been some, you know, Chris Paul, he's had a bad deal. Russell Westbrook, they have they've had some bad deals. And it's like, man, no one's going to trade for that. And you'd be surprised. Teams end up trading for it. Right. So like. Old saying, there's always a sucker. But in the NFL, ain't nobody trading for that damn contract. No one is going to swallow um, 40. $40 million a year for Russell Wilson. No one's doing that. No, no, no one is doing No team is going to jeopardize their financial um, well-being to do that for Russell Wilson at 34 years old. So this is their quarterback. Um, I don't know if you bench, like, I don't know if you bench him and I, I don't know what you do. But this is their guy. You got to rock out. Um, let's give it a few more weeks. You know, let's give it a few more weeks. Maybe they bounce back. But with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, my feeling is this is who this is who these guys are at this point. With Russ, he's 34. Um, he won't change as a person. Uh, he, he seems overwhelmed. Uh I just don't know. And it, it has you wondering, like, well, what the hell was Pete Curl and like what they what what were they doing? Because Pete was kind of Pete was trying to micromanage Russell Wilson and Russell Russ didn't like it. And that's why he wanted out and he wanted to get to Denver. And Denver then puts it all on him. And now Russell can't handle it. Like Russell is just he's just incapable of handling it. So there's there's no there's no getting out of this situation. Just like Cleveland and Deshaun Watson, there's no getting out of these situations. They're just bad. They're bad situations to be in. But um yeah, that 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 was the quarterbacks. Um you know, I, I was also watching Zach Wilson closely. You know, you, you can only do so much with the Cowboys defense, but Zach Wilson just, you know, I when I see Justin Fields. I saw I saw the same thing with Zach Wilson last year. I see the same thing. I, I see the same. I see similar qualities or lack thereof. Where they like something, the processing just isn't there. Right? This isn't there. It's just not there. But um, yeah, this, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. It was a mess for Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. The this particular week, it was a mess. So we're back. Um, looking more at it and looking back at it, week two. And I think 
I think the Giants, I think they got a pretty critical win, right? Uh, because if you if say the Giants, if the Giants would have lost that game to Arizona first, that would have been a bad one. Because granted, Arizona these first two weeks, they have really fought hard and they have they've they've really played the um their butts off. But come on, let's be honest. Like Arizona, we don't expect much from them. So if the Giants, if they would have started the season off 0-2, and then it's bad enough, they would then have to play the 49ers on Thursday night football. Then they had Seattle the following like yeah that like that would that would have been a disaster right that's almost like that's one of those wins you have to get so the Giants did get that win um Detroit lost in a pretty close one versus Seattle they were going back and forth uh New England lost to Miami uh I I talk about that a little bit more in depth uh Minnesota, they lost to the uh, the Eagles. Chargers, Chargers lost to the Titans. That was that was a bad one, and I'm not gonna keep bringing it up. I'm not gonna keep talking about it with with Brandon Staley. Uh, Chargers cough it up, and Herbert. I know people are like, oh well, you know. I know some people that's like, ah, well, let's look at Herbert a little bit more, and it's like. Herbert only do so much. Last four games, he's played well. The 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 team has scored twenty six points or more in the last four games. Uh, you would think they'd be able to win at least half of them, right? They, no, they, actually, they lost all of them, right? So, <laughs> like, it, I I mean, Herbert hasn't turned over the football. Um, I just simple silly mistakes that was made. By 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 the Chargers to lose that game, and you got to be thinking, wow, that that AFC West division, man. I mean, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Raiders kind of come back down to earth, um, and they got they got their doors beaten by the Bills or whatever. Um, AFC South, and I mean NFC South, pretty pretty competitive. Their teams are all mid. All of those teams to me are mid. Um, even the Saints, who should win that division, they're mid to me. Uh, Atlanta got away with a win. Um, they they took one versus Green Bay. Atlanta could actually be pretty good, or they could be pretty decent if they actually like use Drake London and Kyle Pitts a little bit more. Um, if they just just initiated some more offense, like they'd be so much better. Um, but they don't use those guys how they should be, in my opinion. But literally, the 0-2 start that has me surprised is the Cincinnati Bengals. And if I'm not I'm not mistaken, they didn't they tied with Pittsburgh in week one of last year, and then they lost to the Cowboys in week two of last year without Dak Prescott. So this isn't we kind of knew Cincinnati starts off really slow. So I know I know I know Bengals fans are probably like, uh, okay. But I'm a little worried first. I kind of I think I talked about this on the once again on the predictions episode. But Cincinnati offensively you and and as good as good as their offense is, and as talented as a player and players that they have, 
when we think about creative, offensive schemes and designs, Cincinnati doesn't come to your mind. Like when we think of the creative, offensive teams and offenses throughout the league, we think about obviously the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan. We think about obviously Mike McDaniels and the schemes that he's been, you know, able to draw up um, and create over the past two years. We think about, uh, you know, Sean McVay. We, you know, we think we think about those teams. Cincinnati, they're really good offensively, but if we if we get into like if we break down the X's and O's and what they do schematically offensively. It's really basic, and it's it's not that complicated. It is not that um, it's very it's just really simple, and not that exquisite. It, it it just doesn't it doesn't scream creativity. It doesn't scream like innovative play calling from Zach Taylor, and I I, I wonder if that's a problem, um, where defenses are like starting to catch on. Like you think of like Jamar Chase, he's an excellent route runner. Like he does everything you would want in a receiver. He's an ideal, perfect receiver, but that he runs really simple routes um, in this scheme. Um, I you just it, it has you wondering if defenses have kind of caught on to that, and defenses are better prepared for that, and they're they're defending it better. Um, and some of that comes from Joe Burrow. I, I, you, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta wonder that calf injury that he's dealing with. He first re-aggravated it, right? And I, I heard Shannon Sharp say this, and I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was, it made a lot of sense, and it, it's kind of true. He was like, basically, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember what he said word for word, but paraphrasing, he said. Players don't get healthier. If they're already hurt, players don't get healthier as the season goes on. And he's right. And with Joe Burrow and that calf injury, especially with him re it, when you get hurt early on in the year, especially with, like, pulling muscles, you first don't want to re-aggravate it. You don't want to pull it again. But then it takes – you got to think about it. If you're playing Sunday, and let's just say – or if you're playing, let's just say you're playing Monday night football and you didn't play turnaround and you play Sunday, then you got another primetime game, but you play on Thursday. Like, at best, you have a seven-day window to prepare and recover. And, that, like, that's just that's just not enough time for certain injuries to heal, most injuries to heal especially when we're talking about the muscles like, you know, the, you know, hammies and calves and quads, like those, those are muscles that take time to actually need to like actually heal, get back, like in, get back into the movement, get back to active. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm a little concerned with, with, with Cincinnati um, because obviously they were my, they were one of my playoff teams, but I always say, and we all know it, but half of the teams that made the playoffs last year usually don't make it the following year. And, you know, I kind of went – I was going through the Owen, the teams that have started off 0-2 essentially. And for me, Cincinnati is the most surprising team 
but they're also the team that I had like out of all the O and two teams, they had the highest expectations for me. Um, so it, it, we're going to see how it goes with Cincy, but I I'm worried about Joe Burrow and his health because if, 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 if he can't go Cincinnati, this, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know how this is going to fare if he can't go. So I think out of all of the teams that's 0-2, Cincy, they got to get it together because AFC is already competitive as it is. Um, and their division is already competitive as it is. And Baltimore, Baltimore looks really, really good. Baltimore looks really good. And that's two division losses at that, too. That's not just like two regular losses. That's two division losses. Two division losses. So, <laughs> Baltimore is already good as it is. You don't need them getting off to a, such a hot start and you're winless. That can't happen. So, that's just that. But um, let's shift gears. Let's move on to my top 10 my top 10 teams list. You we know, we do this every week. This is my list. Um the first like I said, I often say the first couple weeks can be choppy because some teams may come out a little bit hotter and surprise us, get off the pretty good starts. Um I'm usually able to nitpick and decipher between that and use wisdom and guidance, but you know, we'll see. But this is my top 10 list. It's kind of changed. I've got some new additions. Um, and let's start at 10. At 10, I have the commanders. Yeah, I got the Washington commanders. Uh my they have looked pretty decent these first two weeks. And I've always I've always liked their roster. Um, I thought even dating back to last year, I thought they had pretty good players at the skill positions. At like and at some pretty at some important positions, they got dudes. Um, obviously the defensive line is really good. It's good to see Chase Young back and healthy. Um, this is kind of like a prove it year for him. But you look at their defensive line, uh, their linebacking cores, uh, but I like some of their secondary players. I like Cam Curl. I like him a lot. Um, you know, I, I've kind of and this is no bias, but I kind of have had the opportunity to meet some of these guys. They're they seem pretty uplifting pretty hype about this upcoming year so am i surprised that they're two and oh no but they got a lot of quality players i just had question marks about the quarterback and the coach but they got a good pass rush they're getting some creative play calling from eric b not too shabby i got the commanders at 10 at nine i wanted so badly to put this team on my top ten to on my top ten list last week, but I was like, ah, let's see what they do this following week. And they didn't win, but I still like what I saw. The Rams. I mean, I have them and I got them at nine. I'm sorry. And like I said, I wanted to put them on here last week, but they held up pretty well versus the 49ers, who I think, you know, I think they're one of the better teams in football. And the Rams, they that's usually a tough matchup. Because Sean McVay is a little bit more finesse. Kyle Shanahan and those 49ers are a little bit more physical. And usually in that in those matchups, the Niners kind of like out physical and just out muscle and bully the Rams. Like I said, Niners still won, right? Because they just got more talent and they're better. But 
not but the Rams they hung in there. Um, they're they have number two offense in football, and you gotta Austin, you gotta think about it. Sean McVay, he's no dummy. He he is one of our better offensive minds that we have in the sport. Um, so when you when you pair that up with Stafford being healthy and then McVay dialing up like he has been over these first two weeks, they, they're gonna they're gonna have a shot and a chance at winning. They're gonna be competitive in every game because they got Sean McVay as a play caller, and then Stafford, when healthy, he can sling it. So that's what they have. Their offensive line is holding up better than what I thought. They've Matthew Stafford in the two weeks that he has played, he only been sacked once. First two weeks, only one sack. Matthew Stafford, his jersey's been clean. Their defensive line, their defense, just in general. Um, has been a little bit surprising too. They got Aaron Donald and a bunch of young guys, but they're young, they're feisty. Um, they also have this kid, Noku. I mean, he has 25 catches. Like, once again, that's Sean, that's Sean, that's a lot of that Sean McVay dialing up, but he has 25 catches in the first two week, first two weeks, leading the league in receptions. So, um, and you know, look, you know, you look up Tutu Atwell is being pretty productive. Not such not so much of us no more, right? So Rams at um, nine. At eight, I got the Jaguars. They struggle a bit versus Kansas City. Um, you know, they couldn't convert in the red zone. But I'm not I'm not too worried about that. It was a winnable game. They just had some red zone issues. But I like this football team. I like the Jags. I'm going to keep them at eight. We'll see how it goes, uh, you know, these next coming weeks. But I, I tend to still have high hopes for this football team. At seven, I have the Bills. Um, now... They got back to what they do best, blowing teams out. Um, they have no problem with blowing teams out. I think over the past three years, the Bills have the most 17-plus point victories in, in the league. Like So they once they get on top of you with their pass rush, with their passing attack, they can score points and get stops in bunches, and it, and it just hits you, and you down, you're down 24-7. Like just just like that, like they they come at you quick. Um, their thing is close games, right? That that you know they got to be able to win close games. But Buffalo, they got back on track on week two with a win. I got them at seven. At six, I got Baltimore. And honestly, I thought about put them in putting them in at the top five. I thought about swapping this fifteen with them, but I'm gonna keep it right here with Baltimore at six. Uh, but. They look damn good. I was really impressed with this offense and what they have looked like over the first two weeks. I was really impressed this past week versus Cincinnati at Cincinnati. Um, first, Baltimore just has Cincinnati number, or I should say Lamar Jackson has Cincinnati number. When Lamar plays, Cincinnati just can't – they can't beat Baltimore. They can't. They can't do it. They can't beat them uh, when Lamar Jackson actually plays. And Lamar, I have to admit – that was one of the best games I've seen him play as a pro. I mean, the, just the different type of passes that he was that he was able to make was absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal from Lamar Jackson. Great performance. Zay Flowers looks like probably the steal of the draft. Um, that was a great pick by the Ravens defensively. They're better than what I thought. Um, like I said, I just worry about their health and nutrition as the season continues. But this Baltimore offense looks 
really good and looks balanced. I'm confident about their offense. Um, Baltimore at six. At five, I have Kansas City. And the reason why I was really tempted swapping these two teams, Baltimore and Kansas City, but I'm going to keep Kansas City right here because they may have a top five defense on their hands. (laughs) And if you give Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid a top five defense and what we think they can do offensively, it might be wraps, right? It, like it, it, it might be wraps for the AFC if they have a top five defense, and it looks, it, it, it damn sure looks like they probably do. So I like Kansas City. They bounce back with a win versus Jacksonville. Tough road win, but um, I got them at five. At four, I got Philadelphia. Now they haven't looked as clean. They haven't looked as dominant as they as we as they looked last year, which I kind of expected. You lose two, you lose two coordinators, both coordinators. You know, you lack some continuity. Things are kind of off rhythm, off script. But they got back to running the football, and they had to do what to do to win. So I got, I got Philly at four. Um, at three, this is really difficult for me, but I got the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins at three. Now I did like the fact that they were able to win a game without. The, the the explosive plays, passing plays down the field, and they didn't need Tyree Hill go for 150 or two. Like, no. They won the game with being able to run the ball and, you know, play time control, ball ball control. I like the fact that they were able to mix it up. Um, that's what I was worried about, and that's what I can, like, you know, I'm going to continue to look for that with them. Can they mix it up? Do it has to be the high octane explosive plays, or can they win within the trenches? Because Bill Belichick is a master at taking away what you do best, and that's obviously what, what that's what Miami does best. But they were able to mix it up, run the football, control the time possession. They did a pretty good job. I got the Dolphins at three. At two, I got the Cowboys. Hey, another great defensive performance. I'm not going to lie to you. Michael Parsons looks like he he's not only is he trying to go for defensive player of the year, looks like he's trying to go for MVP. I mean, over the first two weeks, has there been a better player in football than Michael Parsons? I mean, let's be honest. Has there been a better player than Michael Parsons in the first two weeks throughout the entirety of the league? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And this defense looks like it's the best in the league. Um, they have no problems with turning the football over. They turn you over. Um, so Cowboys at two. Red zone offense can be a little bit better. Um, we saw the offense a little bit more. See, I, I like Mike McCarthy calling plays, dialing it up for this team. I like the Cowboys at two. At one, I have the 49ers. Um, you know, I think they're the most talented team in football. I think they're the most talented team in football. You look at what they have on defense. Um, that front seven is as good as it gets. Their defense is, you know, 49ers defense, Cowboys defense, yin yang. You take your pick, tomato, tomato. Like they're both really dominant. Um, the Niners, maybe they're a little bit more talented, maybe, maybe just a slight bit more talented than Dallas defensively. But Dallas, they take away the ball, they score points. This Niners team, they do all they they do it all. They do it all. And like I said, you look on offense in terms of running back, receiver, two receiver, and then tight end. I don't know who has a better four than them. With Christian McCaffrey, then you got 
Ayuk and Debo, and then you got Kittle. That is as good as a four as it gets in the league. I got the Niners at one. So that is this week's top ten list. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I'm going to try to dedicate another episode for the college football. College football. We got a big week in college football. Got some big-time matchups in college football, so that'll be pretty good. But I hope you guys enjoy. Always remember two choices, one decision. I am out. Peace. Deuces.